In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When was the last time that your feet talked to your hands, or your eyes to your ears? What about your nose? With what part of your body has it communicated lately? Your body parts do talk to one another. Most of the time, we do not remember this until the hands or the feet or some other part of the body is hurting. I experienced this firsthand this summer while on vacation. I wasn't paying attention to where I was walking and broke my little toe on a piece of furniture in the motel room. Immediately, the most important part of my body was my little toe. It demanded my attention. In fact, it captured my attention for almost three weeks. Yes, it talked to the rest of my body each time I tried to put on a shoe or walked any distance or bumped up against anything. I was amazed at how many things my little, I did with my little toe that I took for granted. And now because it was broken, it caused me to struggle whenever I tried to do anything. Those of you who have colds or sinus infections this morning, is your nose talking to the rest of your body? What about those of you who have back problems? Are your backs screaming? I could go on and on with examples that have the parts of our bodies talking to one another. Yes, no matter how old or young We are, there are days when the various parts of our body send a cacophony of messages. There are even times when parts of me, there are parts of me that try to move towards secession. And there are times when I like to cut off the parts that are hurting. There are also times when I forget that all of my parts of my body are important from the eyes and the ears and the heart to the little toe. And yet, as Paul says in the reading just a few moments ago, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it will not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it will not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. So is this also true in the church, which Paul here in his first letter to the Corinthians calls the body of Christ. How much more beautifully, in fact, can anyone show the interconnectedness of the parts or members of the church than Paul, who says the body is a unit, though it is made up of many different parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. And so it is with Christ. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. The whole point of what Paul is saying, we, the members of the church as Christ's body, are connected to one another just as the parts of the body are connected together. What's more, you cannot cut off those parts that are hurting or those parts that we do not like. There is no way we can be members of the church without being connected to each other. In fact, the church's greatest strength is its interconnectedness, its unity, 
than the fact that we as members of the church care about and for one another. Note this. Paul does not say that the church should be one body. He says it is. Dietrich Bonhoeffer underscores this in his life together when he says that the unity of the church is a fact to be recognized, not a goal to be realized. So when the mission of the church is blessed in one place, the whole church rejoices. By contrast, when a scandal occurs in one part of the church, everyone, Lutheran, Catholic, Baptist, you name it, is affected. Or as Paul puts it, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part is honored with it. Again, how much more clearly can Paul say this than when he writes, Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But God, in fact, has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Again, so it is with the church, Paul is saying. The whole cannot do without the parts, and the parts cannot do without the whole. This is true of any Christian church body or congregation, as well as here at Concordia Seminary. The longer I serve here as campus chaplain, the more convinced I am that this community, faculty, staff, students, student wives, and families, that this community is like any congregation. Some of you are more connected than others. Some of you I see more often than others. Some of you are more involved in this community than others. All of us have our joys and our sorrows. All of us are highs and our lows. What we forget is that we need each other in order to function as Christ's body in this place. I know I need you. You also need me. And you need one another. And that need can never flow just one way. For when it does, disunity follows. Then the majority of us, students, staff, faculty, administration, will become users and takers rather than givers. Unity comes only from Christ giving himself to us, as he first did as he lived and died and rose again for us. Unity comes as Christ, through his love and mercy, gets rid of our selfishness and pride. It all begins and ends with Christ. In one of Aesop's fables, the mighty king, the, king, the, the mighty lion, the king of the beasts, learns the value of the gifts that God gives to his creatures. One day, as the lion was sleeping, a little mouse ran across its back. This awakened the lion. In a rage, the lion was about to eat the little mouse. But the mouse begged for mercy in such a way that the lion let it go. A couple of days later, the lion was hunting in the forest and became ensnared in a trapper's net. The lion let out a mighty roar, but it didn't phase the braided cords of the net. The lion then tried desperately to get itself out of the net, but the net did not break no matter how much the lion struggled. The little mouse heard the lion's roar. 
he came over to help. Don't worry, mighty lion, the mouse called out, and immediately the mouse began gnawing or chewing on the cords of the net. The cords were strong, but the teeth of the mouse were sharp. In time, there was a hole big enough for the lion to slip out. Thank you, little friend, the lion said to the mouse. Then together, they disappeared into the forest. The key words of the fable, then together. Then together must be the key words as we think about the ministry going on here at this seminary. Then together means that all of us as members of Christ's body must daily try to act out our oneness with one another and then together get rid of those times when we feel like saying to each other, I don't need you. Does not Christ daily free us from the trap of selfishness and pride as we, through our baptisms, die to sin and rise to newness of life? Does not our baptism into Christ enable us to live and to work together in peace and harmony and love? So, my friends, if I am your eye to see, be my ears to hear. If I am your feet to walk, please take my hands to touch. We need each other. We, Christ's body, are God's gift to the world. Don't hide it. Don't deny it. Just act like it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.